Welcome to the Duck Pin Podcast with your host, Brian Griffiths. And now, here's Brian. As you know, the Duck Pin Podcast posts on Wednesday morning, which makes today the day of the publication of this show a monumental day, for it is the inauguration of the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr. Every time we change administrations, it's a monumental day of some nature. Of course, the last four years have been a little different than other years because the presidency of our 45th president, Donald John Trump, has been so unusual. Rarely have we ever seen a president who has been so controversial, so polarizing, so, frankly, inept. I mean, no president has ever been impeached twice before, much less being impeached twice in the same four-year term. The dance that we are going to see today is one that we are very much used to seeing. No, it's not the usual dance that we see. With President Trump leaving the White House prior to Inauguration Day, we are not going to see the amazing Herculean effort that it takes to switch over the White House from the time the president uh, leaves office until the time the new president enters office. We are not going to see the president watch the transfer of power to the incoming administration. We are not going to see a large parade through Washington, D.C., attended by hundreds of thousands of people feeding the new president. We are not going to see the countless inaugural balls offered every inauguration in Washington, D.C. by people far with far more money than sense. We will see, however, switches. We will see Republicans, after four years of Donald Trump's use of executive orders, dislike the use of executive orders. We will see Democrats, after four years of criticizing Donald Trump's executive orders, love the idea of executive orders. President Biden will be issuing about a dozen or so on Election Day itself. We will see Democrats who hated the President Trump's use of pardons love the pardon, and we will see Republicans who loved the use of pardons under Donald Trump hate them again. We will see Republicans who watched Donald Trump add $7 trillion to the national debt talk about fiscal responsibility and avoiding increasing our national debt, while Democrats who found fiscal conservatism almost in the last few years criticizing Donald Trump's national debt We'll talk about how the debt doesn't really matter. One of the things that is striking about our changes of administrations is to have to show how much full of crap both parties are in reality. Both parties change their positions on certain facets of government and on certain issues depending on who the administration is. Republicans for years were hawkish on foreign policy until a leftist like Donald Trump took office and instituted a dovish foreign policy. Democrats became much more hawkish on foreign policy during the Trump years, but I'm willing to suspect they will become more dovish during the Biden years, even if our foreign policy stances and our foreign policy and national security postures become a little more focused on dealing with our adversaries, certainly more so than Trump did, who rolled over and played dead for our biggest geopolitical foes. The Democrats, many of whom wish that we would bring our troops home, will suddenly rediscover their love of NATO. Honestly, 
So will Republicans who abandoned principle to follow Donald Trump down that road four years ago. One of the things that I think we need to take pause of when realizing the drastic change between the Trump and Biden administrations is the fact that most of this outrage is all manufactured. When you think about the parties and how they are just swapping positions on fundamental ways that we run our government, depending on whether or not they have the seat of power, it shows you how fundamentally flawed our federal system is right now. Congress is always supposed to have been the first branch of government. They are supposed to be the ones who are making the decisions and setting policy, and it is up to the president to rein in that policy, but to focus on administering that policy as well as protecting our national defense. For far too long, for election after election, we have elected presidents who have gone out of their way to use executive authority, the executive order in other ways, to make policy and dare Congress to stop them. One of the reasons why the presidential election was so hotly contested this year is the same reason it's been hotly contested for years, is that we've made the presidency too damn important in the lives of everyday Americans. Presidents make far more decisions than they were ever intended to by our founding fathers. We have taken the presidency which was supposed to be a caretaker who ran the executive branch and defended the country from enemies foreign and domestic through a strong foreign policy and through our national security apparatus. And we've taken and given it an imperial tone. The imperial presidency is something that political scientists like myself have been talking about for years, but we have truly made it imperial in the sense that the foreign and national domestic policy agendas are virtually set by the president of the United States. The parties are basically run by the president of the United States when their party has power. Almost nothing gets done in Congress without becoming a referendum on the president themselves. Congress has abandoned governing to either be for or against the president and to create sound bites that sound good on social media and sound good for their donors as opposed to taking actual policy chops and leading. The people who actually understand policy and who are willing to govern are the ones that are derided by both sides as being squishes who are too willing to compromise. Friends, the reason we're in this state, the reason we got Donald Trump for four years is because so many people have abandoned the ways that we're supposed to run a government. And that it's a problem. It is problematic when you consider all that's gone wrong in the last four years. It is problematic when you consider the damage that has been done to American national security and foreign policy by the Trump administration. The Trump administration was not a rebuke of Barack Obama. It was a rebuke of government itself because government itself at the federal level has become too focused on sound bites and trying to battle over every inch of territory as opposed to putting forth a grand vision to actually make America great again. Now, Donald Trump talked about making America great again. He did almost nothing toward achieving that goal. Donald Trump was not driven by ideology. He was not driven by a sense of purpose. He was not driven by patriotism. He was driven by winning and embellishing his own legacy. Sometimes that's not a bad thing and that can work. 
When you look at what President Trump did with the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary, those are great accomplishments, many of which he took credit for, but little he had any influence over. When you see policies that Donald Trump personally enacted, it was a dumpster fire. And America was set back because of it. And because of his personal failures as a leader and his total lack of character, it has set the Republican Party back 50 years, maybe more. Now, I'm not saying that Republicans will be out of power forever, but certainly the conservative cause has been damaged by Donald Trump. And the reason that it was damaged by Donald Trump is because both parties allowed it to happen. And I mean that in the sense that both parties have been failing Americans for far too long because Washington... Congress, federal administration became a policy game, a game of risk, a game of diplomacy, a computer simulation of real life, as opposed to an actual mechanism for achieving suitable and necessary policy ends. And when both bases of both parties rejected politics as we knew it in Washington, Donald Trump is the result. The result was terrible. The result was bad, and it has created a generation of people who are even more cynical of the government process, who are even more cynical of both parties, and who have retreated to radical extremes in order to be heard. Now look, there's no doubt that both parties, Republican in particular, need to do a better job of hearing people and hearing what they're saying. But we cannot allow both parties to be held hostage by a radical knucklehead out to lunch dumbass conspiracy theory the way the Republican Party has. And that is my fear going forward in a Biden administration. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Brian, what does QAnon, what do conspiracy theorists have to do with Joe Biden becoming president of the United States. Well, friends, look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see how much of these people who have been peddling these conspiracy theories were conditioned by the Obama years. You had certain elements of the right who started peddling conspiracy theories because they realized it gave them political power, but also because they realized it was profitable. But not just that. The problem is is that nobody, either within or without of the Republican Party, in Congress or out, gave an articulate message that spoke to these people who felt like they were forgotten. Now, Mitt Romney is a good man. He's better than almost every Republican sitting in the U.S. Senate right now. And I know it's going to piss off a lot of people who are watching this show right now or listening to this show right now. But he couldn't make that connection. Neither could John McCain, God God rest his soul. John McCain was a war hero, but he wasn't good enough for some Republicans, just like Mitt Romney wasn't good enough for some Republicans. And yes, part of that may have been their inability to connect, but part of it has been the fact that certain elements of the Republican base have become radicalized, and those radicalized elements for one election took over 
the Republican primary process. Now, part of that was because you had too many Republican careerists trying to eat at the trough, trying to claim the Republican mantle for themselves, all of whom let Donald Trump slide in to the nomination. Jeb Bush was the only one who realized that Donald Trump was a cancer on the Republican Party and tried to do what he could to stop them, but it was already too late. Ted Cruz was already trying to outposition Trump to the right, and look what it got him. Yeah, sure, Ted Cruz is still a powerful Republican senator, but he also became Donald Trump's bitch for the last four years. That's not something that's going to serve him well going forward in a post-Trump environment. The problem that we are going to see going forward is something that has already become obvious in the weeks and months since Joe Biden was elected to office. The media is going to treat Donald, uh, going to treat Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in a way that they never treated Donald Trump or Mike Pence. Now, you may say to yourself, Donald Trump deserved it. And a lot of what the media dished off, Donald Trump certainly deserved because Donald Trump is a miserable human being who has not an ounce of intellectual curiosity and is more concerned about himself than doing anything for anybody else, including his own children. But they also claimed Mike Pence, too. How often did we hear critiques of Mike Pence's not wanting to take meetings alone with women and the mockery that he received and the mockery that his wife received when in actuality, Vice President Pence was probably the smartest guy in Washington because he always had somebody in the room with him. So nobody could claim that he was starting any funny business with them, something that, of course, spread through the country both proven and unproven over the course of the last four years. No, we're going to have at least four years of stories that basically make Joe Biden and Kamala Harris look like the second coming. Joe Biden is not going to be any better of a president than Donald Trump was. Certainly, if you're a conservative, that is going to be the case. The fawning media coverage of the Biden-Harris ticket during the election is going to look like nothing to what you see the coverage of the Biden-Harris administration. For the next four years, it's going to be lovey-dovey. It's going to be almost saccharine in its nature. And that creates problems in the Republican base. That creates problems for our national security apparatus and our domestic security apparatus because that means the same people who got radicalized by Donald Trump are now going to be fed a bag of goods by the media and that's just going to continue to spin the cycle forward. Yes, the way the media treats President Biden is going to have an impact on what the next four years are going to look like, both in the sense of citizen involvement with policy, but also the direction the opposition takes. Now, I don't say the Republican Party when I say that, because I think the Republican Party is about to fracture. There are two key groups in the Republican Party right now. Those who are fed up with what Donald Trump brought to the party, the inability to move past conspiracy theories, the inability to move past a left-leaning policy and who are ready to denounce Trumpism and start winning elections again, and those people who bend the knee to Donald Trump and want to continue Trump's policies as if nothing ever happened, taking their cues from a White House in exile in Mar-a-Lago. 
Only one of those groups can retain at control of the Republican Party. Only one of those groups is going to be able to compete as the Republican nominee, both for president and for offices up and down the ballot in 2022 and 2024. It's not looking good for the good guys right now. If you look at the number of people who voted not to impeach Donald Trump, it's a sad and pathetic list of people who want to be careerists instead of leaders. Until Republicans are ready to get rid of careerists and to actually focus on electing statesmen and leaders again, the Republican Party isn't going anywhere anytime soon. The problem is is that those people who bend the knee to Trump are the same people who are going to hear months upon months upon years of glowing praise of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and all it's going to do is further entrench them in their beliefs. I don't envy the job that Republicans and Republican elected officials and Republican Party officials have in the next coming years. It should be relatively easy to bring people over to the Republican side during the Biden years because the Biden-Harris administration is going to be much farther to the left than even the Trump administration. And as we know, Trump was basically Barack Obama's third term, except for judges. Economic policy is going to be a disaster. The national debt's going to go up. Your taxes are going to go up. We are going to see a continue leftward drift of drift of social and economic policy and expansion of federal access to abortion. That and a whole lot of other bad things are coming down the pike. Republicans should be able to turn that to their advantage, but instead we're dealing with a rump Trump faction that still wants to show obedience and fealty to a president that doesn't care about them and just got spanked in a nationwide election. But I also... I also don't envy the job that Joe Biden has in front of him, cleaning up the mess that Donald Trump made. Inheriting leadership of a country that has been divided in ways like this, and has not been divided in ways like this, I should say, in years. Inheriting leadership of a country that, where the people, even members of Congress, can't agree on the basic facts of what did and did not happen in an election, much less the basic facts of everyday policy governance. Friends, we are in a dangerous time in the world and a dangerous time in America. The threat of the coronavirus may be receding as we as we open up this year with the vaccine becoming more and more readily available, but we face threats both foreign and domestic. Our external enemies are seeing what we are doing to ourselves and they are salivating at the prospect of a weakened America. And too many people on the Republican side are making it easy for them by supporting the people who attempted a coup, by continuing to support knuckleheads in Congress like Marjorie Greene and Matt Gates and some of the other people who probably couldn't spell Constitution if you spotted them half the letters and certainly have not actually read it people who are more concerned with spreading conspiracy theories and getting reelected than actually solving policy problems. There's far too few leaders in Congress and way too many sheep, especially on the Republican side. Like I said, I don't envy President Biden. I don't envy the Republicans who are actually trying 
to rebuild the party and actually start trying to win the elections again. I don't envy any of them. To an extent, I, I am one of those people trying to help figure out how I can best rebuild not just the Republican Party, but the strange relationship that Americans have with each other. Term limits would be a hell of a way to start to get some of these people out of Washington so that they don't take up residence there and become part of the problem. But for better or for worse, they're some of the people who are actually holding the line against some of the bonkers things that are being done and said in Washington. Here's the thing, friends. We, as a people, need to come together and take care of this. If we are truly going to make America great again in any way, shape, or form, we have to agree at least on a basic set of facts and deal with elections in the manner that they are meant to be dealt with, and that does not mean through attempted coups, it does not mean through violence, it does not mean terrorism, it means competing on an even playing field at the ballot box and seeing who wins. Owning the libs sounds fancy when you put it on a t-shirt or you make a stupid video about putting things in a blender and drinking liberal tears and whatever else some of these chuckleheads out there say. But it's no substitution for actually doing something. It's not a substitution for accomplishing anything. As Coach John Wooden of UCLA said, never confuse activity for accomplishment. And Republicans and conservatives haven't accomplished much the last four years. God bless you all for being part of the political process. God bless President Biden as he inherits leadership of this country. And God bless these United States of America. This has been the Duckpin Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and download.